What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 155 of TLDR Podcast. We got another great one for you all. We're talking some, or we're starting our NFL previews with James. Trayden has a game. He's not told us what it is. Uh, so we're going to find out just along with all you guys what that's going to be like. And then we're going to finish off with some NBA offseason trade talk with Alex. So hopefully, you guys, thanks for hopping on and listening. Um, before we get into all of that, next week and uh, is MLB All-Star Week. Um, I'm not hosting, so we're not going to do a full-on preview. But just real quickly, just want to go a, a, around the horn with the boys. Um, you know, home run derby prediction, who do you think is going to win? And then all-star game prediction, American League or National League. And also how your week was, because I you know, haven't talked to you guys all week. So uh, we'll just kind of go around the horn. Alex, let's start with you. Hormone Derby champ, all-star game champ. How was your week? Uh, I'm going to go Julio Rodriguez uh, just because it's in Seattle and uh, just pick the pick the home player. Um, I, think, I think the biggest threat is probably Vladdy or Pete, but I'll go Julio. Um, I'll go American league. Cause the national league never wins the all-star game. That's just good math. Uh, my week was good. Uh, as I mentioned before we jumped on, um, we're puppy sitting. I think he's like four months old. Um, and it was also like hundred degrees over the weekend here. So Gus and the puppy had to, you know, wrestle in the house, which just made everything a lot more exhausting, uh, instead of them being able to be outside. But other than that, chugging along, excited to see you guys this weekend. Yes, we do have uh, my bachelor party coming up this weekend. So we'll, we'll up your day, guys, all on what happens with that uh, on next week's podcast, I'm sure. But trade in, give me your uh, all-star picks, and then uh, how was your week? Um, I'm going to say Pete Alonzo. I think that's on a safe bet, but I think he's kind of the top bet. So I'll, 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 stick, with, I'll stick with what Vegas knows, and they know a lot. Um, and... My week's been good. Um, I actually escaped the heat here. I'm in Monterey right now for, uh, at least for today through tomorrow, head back to, um, Southern California to go back to work for a couple of days. And then I'm heading back to central Cal for you, Tyler. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for that trip. Oh yeah. So am I James, uh, your home run derby, your all-star game predictions. And how was your week? Home run derby. I agree with Alex J rod. Playing up in Seattle, that's nice. He's young. He took second last year. Uh, just a lot of power. And I mean, like, especially in a home run derby, when the power is not supplied for you, you got to supply that yourself. So that's why I think, like, J-Rod's pretty good at that. Uh, for the All-Star game, American League, I think, is going to win it. Just because, you know, the All-Star or the uh, player of the month, Shohei, is the designated hitter. And he's just breaking right now. Absolutely destroying every pitch possible. So that's fun. We're going to go roll with that. How was my week? I am probably the most sore I've ever been <laughs> today. I uh, played volleyball for like six hours yesterday, but barefoot, but I have never done that. And I've never played volleyball. So here we go. My body hurts. Bad. It was uh, on grass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hurt, guys. You play volleyball, I guess, in a lot of different kinds of services, but good for you, man. I mean, always good to try new things. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my boy Mookie. Uh, I'm not really confident he's gonna do it. He's not exact, not exactly the the largest human being in that home run derby champion list, but he's hitting home runs a lot this year. Um, and you know, I think he's got. He's a smaller dude, so he can. He's not. He's not, he's not gonna use as much energy. And I think with those timing rounds, and if he if he gets that swing looking good, um, I think he's he, he's got a good chance to win it. I think Julio's a great pick. He showed off last year in in Los Angeles, and he'll be with his home crown behind him. So I think I think that's my. Close second pick. 
And then I'm going to go National League because I'm a National League guy, I'm, but I'm ready to get disappointed once again because, like, as Alex mentioned, they pretty much always lose, but I'm still going to go National League because I just, I got faith. Um, and yeah, so let's, let's roll. Why? Why, why? just because all we have is <laughs> all we have, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be the National League. It doesn't matter what year it is. It <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's like being in the Oilers in in Oilers fan in the playoffs, like I, I know I'm gonna be disappointed. But I'm still here for many. <laughs> okay, uh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right, so let's get into uh, some NFL previews. We're getting close. The last uh, couple months until uh, the season kicks off, so we're gonna kick off our division previews with James and start off with the AFC West. Yes, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, I think this is gonna be shorter this year. I hope so. Uh, but we're going to start with the AFC West, like Tyler mentioned, and we're going to start with the worst team in that division, which was the Broncos, everybody's favorite team. 5-12 and 12 last season. They fired their coach because their coach was ass. They signed Sean Payton. Sean Payton's good. And they also signed really great players like Frank Clark, who came from Kansas, defensive end Zach Allen from Arizona, Mike McGlinchey, who was, in, was a Niner, and then Ben Powers from Baltimore. But they lost Draymond Jones and kicker Brandon McManus. They had no picks in the first round because they traded those away for Russell Wilson. So happy. Alex, what is your prediction for their season? What is their record going to be and why? I think they've got to be better, right? Like they can't be that bad again. I don't think they're going to be great though. Um, You know, again, first, it's kind of the same thing all over again. First year, well, not a first year coach, but the first time the coach has been here with Russ. So I'm going to go eight and nine. I think that feels like a very safe, they get a little bit better, but I still think the top of the division is also better than they are. Tyler, I also went eight and nine uh, for the, for the Broncos here. I uh, I agree. I think last year they're probably arguably the most disappointing disappointing team in the NFL. I still think they have a lot of those pieces that should potentially win a lot more games. I think what they won five games last year. Um, so I think they got to be better. Sean Payton's going to come in there. I think he's going to bring some new energy. Uh, hopefully he can do a lot more with this team um, than, than than what they did last year. So I'm I'm a little optimistic that they're going to be better, but not a winning football team yet. Uh, eight and nine for Broncos, and then trade. Uh, I actually think Denver is going to take a, a a leap from their five and twelve record last year. I mean, at the end of the day, it really came down to the offense. The defense was actually solid enough. I mean, eighth fewest in, in yards, twelfth fewest in points, considering they were in the top just shy of the top ten in, in minutes on the field as a defense. It's pretty impressive. So it, I think that you know, um, I, I I do think that Sean Payton's going to figure out this offense. He's a very good coach. We've seen what he can do in in. Um, in New Orleans. And I think that, uh, I, I don't think that Russell Wilson's uh, done yet. I think he's going to be, um, improved. And if they can figure out the offense, I think they're going to end up with nine wins. I agree. I also have a nine and eight. Sean Payton's a great coach guys. You saw this in New Orleans. He is good. They beefed up their offensive line with some reinforcements and McGlinchey and Ben Powers. Russell Wilson looks like he's dropped weight. Like he doesn't look like this beefy marshmallow anymore. He looks locked in. Then that new old line should really help him be better. They still have great wide receivers options on that side. And then uh, Javante Williams should be coming up back and being fine, hopefully. So an already good defensive line brought in Frank Clark and Zach Allen. Like I, this team got better. It's just, is Russell Wilson going to perform? And now moving on to fantasy, we're going to talk Russell Wilson first. ADP is 129, gents. QB number 17 off the board. Last season, he finished as QB 16. Traded. You had mentioned that Russell Wilson, you expect Russell Wilson to be better this season. Where would you draft him? 
if we're talking about the QB rank, I, I, I'd only be comfortable. I mean, he's, he's going at 16. I'm only comfortable going at 16 at this point. I, I, I just, because I don't know, I do think that there's going to be a step in the right direction. It's just, there's, it's just way too valuable a position to give up a, a chance for that. Considering we know there's going to be a quarterback or two that go down and that's where Russell Wilson is going to be able to maybe step in. I, I don't, I don't, I don't trust um, drafting him any higher than that. Uh, moving on to running back, you got Javante Williams, who I talked about. ADP is 105, running back 32. He was on the verge of a breakout season before tearing his ACL in week four. Week four is a long time ago. He should be pretty fully recovered and doing pretty good now. Alex, what is your prediction on his workload? I think you need to temper expectations like for the beginning of the season. Don't I any we talk about this all the time. And unless guys have, you know, torn something in mini camp and not played the entire season. I think we expect them to come back week one and be the guy again. And I, I think, you know, for the, I would say for the first four weeks, you know, it's maybe a 50, 50 split. Um, Like if they're, if they, if they think that they're going to compete later on down the line, I think they're going to try to hamper his workload and slowly build him up to that. Even if he is healthy from the beginning, which from what I've seen, seems like, Sean Payton said, oh, we think he'll kind of be ready. Like the timetable looks that way, which is not super convincing in my mind. So I I still think he'll be, you know, maybe past week four, the number, you know, the number one option. But um, I think you got to just be careful those first four weeks or so. So with that 50-50 split in the first four weeks, do you think drafting him in the 11th round is too high? Um, I think if you if you want to go running back heavy and then potentially use him as like a, as like a flex option, then later once, once he becomes more of like heavy usage, then it's maybe a little high, at least for me. But if you want to go big, then go for it. Okay. And then moving on to the wide receiver room here, we got Jerry Judy, ADP is 68 wide receiver, 27 off the board and Cortland Sutton, Alex's favorite player, ADP <laughs> 125 wide receiver, 48. Tyler, would you rather have Jerry Judy in the seventh round or Cortland Sutton in the thirteenth? Mm, I'm gonna go Jerry Judy. Ju- well, holy shit, Jerry. Let's talk to us here, Jerry Judy. There we go. It is. Say that fast. Um, I like this kid. I think I think he's very good. Um, I think I think he's gonna be a reliable option there at at, at wide receiver. Um, I think he's gonna. I think for the next two or three years has has a pretty high ceiling. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go Judy there. Moving on to the next team, the next worst team in the division, the Las Vegas Raiders. Last season, 6-11. and 11. This offseason, they got Jimmy G from San Francisco. Also Alex's favorite player. Uh, tight end, Austin Hooper out of Tennessee. Wide receiver, Jacoby Myers out of New England. They did lose Derek Carr, and then they traded away Darren Waller, which is a big one, to, to the Giants. In the draft, they, the seventh overall pick, they picked defensive end Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Tyler, what is your prediction on how their season's going to go? I don't think it's going to go that great. I predict in the finish at the bottom of this division. Uh, I got them at five and eleven. Um, they didn't really get much better this offseason. You know, I, I just I don't really think they addressed a lot of their needs. I don't really see this team any better than they were last year, which was I think one win better than five. I think they won six last year. Um, so I, I I don't see how the Raiders can possibly turn this thing around and make it into a winning season. So it's going to be a long year for the Raiders. What was the record again? Uh, I had him at five and eleven. So they're going to play one less game than everybody else. <laughs> five and twelve. Five and 
<laughs> that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> Uh, Trader, what is the record going to be? Um, oh my God, the the Raiders. I mean, I hate to say this because there's a Raiders fan in this house that I that is near and dear to my heart. But at the end of the day, the, the Raiders are going to be so bad this year. Um, and look, I, I don't. I think Jimmy G is going to be trying to to make uh, you know, I guess magic happen with Josh, with uh, Josh McDaniels, who I don't have any faith in. I don't. I don't have him have much faith in him as a coach. Yeah, you do have Devonte Adams. You have Josh Jacobs, fantastic. But if you can't throw the ball very well, or if you're if it, that, that's an issue on end defensively, they are porous at best. And I am just really worried about this team. I think even five five games is a long shot, but I'll, I'll be nice. Five uh, five games, twelve losses. Five wins, oh. twelve losses. <laughs> Alex, I I mean I kind of agree with the guys. I don't. I don't think they necessarily got worse. Um, I don't think they necessarily got better. So I'm just going to go six and 11 again. I think they're just in this spunk that I don't know. They thought giving Jimmy G a lot of money would fix it. And I don't still don't really understand why they did that. So I'm going to go six and 11. It's going to be a rough, rough time in Vegas. I am more on the pessimistic side here. I got them going four and 13, which equals 17 games. Tyler. Uh, there's a high chance that Jimmy G does get hurt again. Because honestly, like I love Jimmy G, but he he gets hurt. It is what it is. If he doesn't get hurt, he runs a low ceiling Josh McDaniels offense that gets you nowhere. And like Trader had mentioned, they did nothing to fix this defense other than getting that rookie. That rookie's not going to fix everything. He's not Nick Bosa. It, it's going to be a worse season. And I'm sorry. Moving on to fantasy quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, ADP is so undrafted. QB 28. He is going one pick before Tom Brady, who is retired. That should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> We're not going to talk about him at all. Uh, running back, Josh Jacobs. ADP is 18, running back 7. Last season, he finished as running back number 3. Alex, last year, this dude was a beast. 2,053 yards from scrimmage. With Jimmy G at the helm, will he be relied on more so than he did last season? I think they're going to ro- rely on him a lot. I think if you expect Josh Jacobs to repeat that, you're probably a little crazy. I mean, it's really, really hard for running backs to go back-to-back years like that. And unless you're Derrick Henry and just an absolute freak, then you, you know, it's hard to maintain that workload. I I mean, I think it's going to be a very it's going to be a two-man show. It's Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, and that's it. So there's a lot of workload. I just I can't imagine he's gonna eclipse those numbers like he did last year so does running back seven as of right now is that seem too high too low or just right i think that's just right i think that's i think that's pretty good for example okay and then the other person we got to talk about is Devonte adams who of course was a great one adp 13 wide receiver five right now he finished as wide receiver number three trading where does he finish with jimmy g throwing him the ball I, I honestly think, I mean, Devonte Adams is going to be your key, uh, key player. I mean, aside from Josh Jacobs, he's going to be your key, uh, pass catcher here. Um, I know, I mean, I know that you have Renfro, but he's not great. I mean, he's not, he's not going to take too much away from, uh, from what will be, um, Garoppolo's security blanket. I like to call him, um, at, at that, um, j- just given the fact that, you know, I think that his quarterback is a, is a regression from Derek Carr. Uh, I think that he'll end up, he'll be lucky to end up in the top 10. I know it's crazy to say, but he'll be lucky. Okay. Moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers, Chayden's favorite team. Last season, 10 and 7. This offseason, they didn't really do too much. They uh, signed Eric Kendricks. They lost Drew Tranquil for the 21st overall pick. They picked up wide receiver Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Trayden, 
what is your prediction for the season? I think the Chargers last season have been, you know, last season they were really plagued with some injuries and, and obviously they're in a tougher division with the, with the Chiefs in the fray there. But um, it, the defense kept them alive. Um, the defense is actually pretty solid. Uh, and the offense with uh, Justin Herbert at, at um, you know, leading it, I think that I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't, th- I don't see Austin Eckler obviously returning. So um, I think that you might see a potential MVP season for Justin Herbert. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but he's going to, he's going to have an MVP like season because he's not going to have the help of Austin Eckler. He's going to have to put a, um, a lot more, uh, uh, you know, a lot more balls to the air and, and actually win them games on the offensive side. I actually think that this team could, if they're healthy, they could take the the uh, the the division um, with. Uh, I'm going to say 12 wins. I agree. I have 12 and five, the opposite of what we talked about with the Raiders. That's a great team. And Trayden alluded to their injuries last season, and I think it was more than just injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Joe Lombardi was a trash coordinator. Yes, he was terrible. He's gone now. He is in Denver, I believe. Is this where he's at? So he's with Sean Payton. Um, but it's hard, it's hard to argue against an offense that has Justin Herbert, who has Keenan Allen, who has Austin Eckler, still there currently right now, Mike Williams, and now Quentin Johnson. You can't, Gerald Everett too, like it's hard to argue against that much talent when you no longer have Joe Lombardi just bringing that offense down. And the defense has always been great, and they're going to continue to be just as good. 12-5. and five. Alex, what do you think? I want the Chargers to prove it. And I have, they have not done that yet since they drafted Herbert and everyone like we were all so hard on the chargers last year and they were a disappointment and they were a disappointment the tie year with the Raiders and yada, yada, yada. I'm going 10 and seven. It might be a bit of an under undersell on them, but like I need them to prove it. And I have not seen them do that yet. So I'm going 10 and seven. Tyler. I got them 11 and six. Um, I think, you know, obviously, hopefully they can stay healthy this season. That was a big issue from last year. It feels like they're going to, I mean, knock on wood, but, you know, I think an injury season like that is pretty rare. And I think they won't, it won't be that bad. You're right. I think they got better offensive coordinator. I think that should be better. Um, you know, I, but I'm also kind of on board with what I was saying. I think the Chargers are just one of those teams that just need to prove it. They need to prove to me that they can be that upper echelon in that division. I just don't think that they're quite at the Chiefs level still. Um, so I'm going to put them at 11 and six, but I mean, they potentially could win a lot more, but, um, I think, I think 11 is pretty fair. Moving on to fantasy. We're talking about Justin Herbert, ADP 57 QB number seven. Currently he last year, he finished at QB 11 Tyler. He's going about four picks after Justin Fields. Would you rather have Fields in his running ability or Herbert in his throwing ability? That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I think what, you know, a lot of people are predicting that Herbert is going to get a huge volume with Eckler out. And that's a big, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Um, I think Josh Fields is that dual threat, that dual threat quarterback, which for fantasy purposes is super, super high value. So um, I think that that's going to be, I think I'm still going to pick Fields slightly in front of Herbert for for that reason. But I definitely think Herbert's a better quarterback for sure. But that's, you know, for, for fantasy purposes, I'm going to go Fields on Herbert. And he meant Justin Fields, not Josh Fields. Um, <laughs> this next question is for everybody in the group. Austin Eckler's still on the team right now. Um, ADP's four, running back one. Last year finished as running back one. Is there anybody here that's not going to take him as a number one overall running back? I think you could still take McCaffrey one if you want to. I think they're one, two. It just, I mean, they definitely are one, yeah. two. But I think uh, McCaffrey is going at one point, like, no, if he's going at 4.3, 
and Austin Eckler's winning three point nine. So that's a very it's a very close difference. You could almost you can almost argue depending on the team that he ends up with. If he ends up with a more run heavy team versus a team that we know is going to be throwing the ball a little bit more, it might take him. You might take him one over uh, uh, over McCaffrey, assuming he's not with the chart. Tal, you have any input on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're 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 one two. Um, that that's just whatever you feel is like just kind of what 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 your gut tells you. But I you can't go wrong with either of those picks. Moving on to the wide receiver room, we got Keenan Allen, ADP forty six, wide receiver eighteen. He finished as wide receiver forty two after missing seven games last season. And on the other side of that, you got Big Mike Williams, ADP seventy five, wide receiver twenty eight. He finished as wide receiver thirty two after missing 4.9 games. And I say 4.9 games because he had like two snaps against Kansas City and then sat out. Um, Alex, would you rather have Keenan Allen in the fifth round or Mike Williams in the eighth round? Oh, I think Keenan Allen in the fifth. If Especially that it all depends on what Eckler, what happens with Eckler, because if Eckler's on the team, they're going to you know obviously utilize him as their best offensive weapon. If he's not on the team, can't you just see Justin Herbert having like 60 pass attempts a game and <laughs> it's just an insane amount to those two guys. So yeah, I still think Keenan Allen is your safer bet. He kind of seems to be Herbert's safety net. So, uh, I mean, if you want to reach and think Keenan Allen is going to stay healthy, you can get him in the fourth if you want. Wow. Okay, cool. I like that. And then we're going to talk about a tight end for the first time today. Gerald Everett, ADP 156, tight end 16. Last season, he finished as tight end 13. So he's pretty much undraftable at this point. But trading tight end guy, can you make an argument for him to at least be draftable? The only argument I could take, again, it's, it goes back to what Austin Eckler is doing. Um, and, and and I know that that's such a cop-out. But again, if he's not there, they need someone to to finish, you know, finish drives. And we've seen how tight ends can fit that bill where they can be that player that that completes the drives that gets that gets those touchdowns. Gerald Everett getting four, five touchdowns in a, in a season is going to be enough to make him more than draftable. Um, and without Austin Eckler, you know, pulling all that weight and, 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 and them needing a little bit of help to, to complete a drive. Yes. Gerald Everett's more than, more than draftable. Great job. And then moving on to our last team, the AFC East West, AFC West, sorry, the city chiefs last season, 14 and three. And they like won some award at the end of the season or something. Uh, offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy is gone, and in comes Matt Nagy as offensive coordinator. So, hello, Chicago Bear fans, we're back. Uh, <laughs> they signed Lamar Jackson, but not the Lamar Jackson you're thinking about. Cornerback Lamar Jackson from Denver, tie or tackle Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville, tackle Donovan Smith from Tampa Bay, defensive end Charles Emmanuel from San Francisco, and linebacker Drew Tranquil from the Clip, the Chargers. They lost Juju. Uh, tackle Orlando Brown, defensive end Frank Clark, and defensive end Carlos Dunlap. In the draft, with the 31st overall pick, they drafted defensive end Felix and Duki Uzuma out of Kansas State. Yeah. Alex, what is your prediction for them? Yeah, kind of in the way that you, I want the Chargers to prove it. I don't think the Chiefs need to. 13-4. and four. Maybe they lose one, one more game because Mahomes is, takes a week 18 off. 13-4. Tyler. Well, so I think we've had the same record for every single team in this. Uh, <laughs> I'm also 13 and four, same reasoning, man. I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs, back to their same old, same old ways. They're going to be great. They're going to be, you know, as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy and on, on his game, there's no reason to, to doubt this team's going to be great. 13 and four. Good. 
I mean, I, I have to admit, I, I, I do think that it's going to be, uh, they're going to have some pressure from the charters in this division. I do think they're going to end up with a similar record at 12 five that said, um, I, the chiefs are still the team to beat. I mean, that's, that's simple. <laughs> I agree with Trayton. And I also have them at 12 and five. I think they're still a good team, but I just don't think they're going to be going as hard this season. Like, I mean, look at the amount of fun that the guys are having. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey doing things like the match. They're doing, they're having a good time. You see it in social media. They're enjoying their summer, which also means they're not working. They're not in the gym. They're not in the lab getting better. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing for them. Like they, they deserve it. Absolutely. But it still sucks. And as much as I hate to say it, losing Juju is a big deal because there's nobody close to an alpha wide receiver on this team anymore. You have Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Like he's great, but he's never healthy. And I mean, you have Travis Kelsey, but you can't rely on one pass catcher the entire season. That's just not going to work. And on the defensive side, they're going to be good because they were good last year and they were young. They're just going to get better. Defensively, they're going to be great. Offensively, they're going to be great. I just don't know where the drive is coming into play here, the 12 and 5. Talking fantasy, uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, ADP 13, QB number one. Finished last season as QB number one. Tyler, it's the end of the second round, and you have to draft the quarterback. You taking Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Um, I mean, the king's the king, man. And, 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 and until he gets dethroned, you got to go with Mahomes, as much as that pains me to say. It might be this year. I mean, Jalen Hurts, you know, he's, he's great too. But yeah, I, I mean, my, my, my brain is going to go with Mahomes here. <laughs> running back Isaiah Pacheco, ADP 71, running back 23. He honestly didn't get started, started getting featured until week 11, but he still ended up as running back 37. Trayden, he's going between James Conner and J.K. Dobbins. Who would you rather have and why? Uh, I, I'm, an, I'm actually going to say um, Pacheco just because we saw once he started getting featured and he really became a part of this offense, he he, he started getting the snaps and he started really making this this uh, that offense a little bit more well-rounded than it was otherwise um so and, and i think that they're going to push that envelope a little bit more and, and ease ease the stress off of patrick Mahomes and travis kelsey considering there is no one else after that so uh i would say i say pacheco yeah wide receiver Kadarius tony adp 117 wide receiver 45 he is now the de facto wide receiver one for the kansas city chiefs alex he's been in the league for two years he's been played by injuries he has never surpassed 420 yards in a season if he can stay healthy in this offense, as the de facto number one, will he have a thousand plus yards? He definitely can. I mean, I think he might be the biggest upside risk wide receiver this year in fantasy because you have the best quarterback in the league. You've, you know, as you've mentioned, lost Juju and McCall Hardman, I think, left as well. So that's like another at least name that you know of that's not Travis Kelsey. Like we said this last year about the Chiefs, like, okay, they lost Tyree Kill. They're not going to be as good. You know, Mahomes will take a step back. Oh, just Super Bowl champs, quarterback one. So I think he can surpass it. You you have to be confident. And yeah, the injuries and some off-field stuff is a little bit of an issue, but that's also the NFL. So you're gonna you gotta kind of bet with with what's with your gut, I guess. Moving on to tight end, Travis Kelsey, ADP seven, tight end number one. He is honestly in a class of his own when it comes to tight end. The next tight end off the board is Mark Andrews at 34. And Travis Kelsey is going at 7. Tyler, <laughs> Jamar Chase is going at 5. Cooper Cup is going at 6. 
Is there any scenario where you take Kelsey before one or both of these guys? Um, pro- yeah, I, I think Kelsey could, you could argue, make, makes the case to go above those guys. I guess he's kind of, he's kind of in a case of his own. He is a fantasy monster. Um, he and Mahomes have had a great relationship for years now. It's dependable. It's reliable. There's, you really can't go wrong with that pick. Um, obviously those other two are, are very high, but I think that Kelsey Mahomes, man, I could speak from experience. It can win you a championship. And it, it did. It did. Uh, and that wraps up the AFC West. Thank you for listening. All right. Thank you, James. We forward to many of these to come. Uh, when we take a quick break, Trading is going to uh, take us through some game. We don't know what it is. We'll find out when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. Trading's got a game for us. He's the game master. Trading, take it away. I don't know. Alex has been kind of the game master as of late, but hey, I wanna. I, I thought I could figure uh, figure I could bring one uh, bring a game myself. Um, this is a game I heard on on uh, listening to some NHL radio, um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very very funny, um, and I, I mean, it, it, I think and it works well well for radio, <laughs> and that's kind of what we're doing here. So it's called Yes No Maybe So. There is kind of a little bonus thing at the end, but it is Yes No Maybe So. I'm gonna ask all the guys. There are three rounds. I'm gonna ask each um, each of these individual uh, each of our guys to to give me a number between one and 21 there's a question for for one through 21 um three questions in each round their goal is to just answer the question yes no maybe so no no ums no no trying to uh you know elaborate on their answer they will have a chance to elaborate on one of their answers at the end of each round um at the end at, after they answer other questions but the idea is to get everyone to kind of re- you know see where everyone kind of sits in, in the, in these weird, you know, in these weird questions. And, and the best part is some, some questions require some, uh, some explanation and not having the explanation only makes it funnier. So, uh, so that's how it's going to be. You guys just, I want you guys to just give me an answer and I'm going to ask you to elaborate on one of them after each round. Okay. Makes sense. Let's start with James. James, give me a, give me number one through 21. Two. Two, is Victor Wembenyama enough for the Spurs to get back into playoff contention within the next two years? Yes. Give me another one. Oh, I can continue, right? Yeah, you're the uh, uh, Seven. Seven. Are the Vegas Golden Knights going to the Stanley Cup Finals next year? No. Another one. Twelve. Twelve. Will LeBron James play with his son next season? Yes. Okay. Why, why is, uh, did you say no to Victor Wembanyama? Yes. Why? Because I think after the first season, he's going to have a lot of people like turning eyes and he's going to be the new guy that everybody wants to play with. And then Popovich is going to be on his last legs and people love pop. People like playing for pop. And so now Victor Wembanyama is going to be great. He's going to have a good first season. Pop is on his way out. And so it's your last chance to do so. Go play with the Spurs. Love it. Um, and who's going to be in the finals over the Golden Knights in the West? Toronto. In the West. Not Toronto. Um, <laughs> um, I guess it'd be Edmonton. All right. I like it. Um, and you said yes to LeBron James with the Sun? Yeah. Nice. Okay, Tyler. Four. Four? Will Nikola Jokic win the, another MVP in the next three seasons? Yes. Next number. 11. 11. Will you shoot below 100 at Avella Beach on Friday? Yes. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, 20. 20. Will Tyler make it through his bachelor party without meeting Ralph? Who the fuck is Ralph? The toilet throwing up. Hold that. Uh, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, does anybody think that he's not going to make it to the toilet to make it uh, without throwing up? There's no chance. There's no chance. Uh, you got no the chance. fun ones, man. And cool. I, I, I love to see, uh, you know, you shoot below, uh, below 100 on Friday. That would be great. Uh, and and uh, Tyler, you you have full confidence Nikola Jokic will win an MVP. Yeah, man. I mean, he he he's on top of his game. I mean, he's he's in his prime. But then in in, in the next three years, I I would put my money that he's going to win at least one more of those. Love it, Alex. For round one, one through twenty-one, buddy. Uh, eight, eight. Um, are the Los Angeles Dodgers going to win the uh the World Series this year? No. Oh, okay. Next next number. Uh, 16. 16. Will Houston have an NHL team within the next five years? Maybe so. Maybe so. Okay. Uh, next. Last one. Uh, 21. 21. If Drew Bledsoe never got hurt in 2001, would we ever know who Tom Brady was? Yes. Yes. And why is that? I, I mean, I think I don't remember exactly how old Drew Bledsoe was when he got hurt, but I would assume at some point Tom probably would have taken over. And it just seems like the Tom and Belichick thing felt inevitable. He Thanos inevitably it was going <laughs> to happen. Um, and give us a very concrete reason why you believe the Dodgers are not going to win the uh, World Series this year. I just think they're a little too young this year. Too many rookies, too many injuries. Um, I mean, unless they do something crazy at the trade deadline. But right now, honestly, right now, it seems like the Braves are destined to win everything. So yeah, uh, I was more of a pick with my head, not my heart situation. But um yeah, I'm gonna go with no on that one. All right, Alex, you're gonna you're gonna take us through our five W's as our bonus. Everyone's gonna get a chance to do this at the end of each uh, at the end of the next rounds. Tyler, or Alex, you're gonna be first. It's gonna be a who, what, where, when, and why question. Okay, as okay. fast as you can. Who is the best basketball player you've ever personally seen play on TV or not, or in life? Uh, LeBron. LeBron. What is the best thing to eat while watching a basketball game? Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> where would you take the Stanley Cup if you had it for a day? Uh, the beach. Okay, I love that. Uh, when is it okay to boo your favorite home team at their home game? When they've taken steroids. <laughs> okay. And why is basketball your favorite sport? Uh, I mean, really, it's or not. Why, you know, it was the one that you, that you, sport, the one that you love to I, follow. Basketball was my other sport I played the most growing up that we focus on. And the one that I watched the most as a kid, along with baseball, the like Kobe Shaq era was definitely like I watched a, every single Laker game. Love it. Okay. Uh, Tyler, we're going to start with you on round two, one through 21, buddy. All right. Um, let's do number one. Number one. Are the Denver Nuggets going to the finals next season? No. One through 21. Uh, uh, seven. Seven. Uh, we've already asked this one. Are the Vegas Golden Knights going to the Stanley Cup next year? No. Okay. Next uh, one. 18. 18. Will the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl next season? Um, no. No? Who who do you have in the Super Bowl then? And um, let's go. We'll say from the AFC. From the AFC. I 
I don't know. It's shot in the dark, but I'm 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 like in Buffalo. They're gonna break through this year. I'm I'm, I'm not built. okay. I was at a shot in the dark. They're like favorite. <laughs> and, uh, like the New York Mets of the NFL, they always find a way to fuck it up. <laughs> and and you don't see the Denver Nuggets get into the finals again. So who do you have in the West? That, that's a tough one. There's so many good teams. Um, I like the Warriors a lot. Like what 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 they've done this off season. Uh, I think the Lakers got a pretty good shot. I think those top three are right there. Um, and there could be a dark horse in there. You never know. Awesome. Okay. I, I, I think the West got better so far this off season. Alex, we're going to start with, uh, go with you for a second, uh, second round at James. You'll be last and you'll do the bonus after that. Okay. So Alex one through 21, uh, one are right, the Denver nuggets going to the finals next season. Oh shit. Oh, is okay. Never mind. Three. I changed my mind. I'll three learn. is, Oh, you're going to, I'm going to love this one. Is Barry Bonds a hall of fame worthy baseball player? Yes, I have changed my mind on that. Sorry, I've, I've, I've brought up the rules. My bad. Yes. <laughs> Next, uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Will the A's perform better in Vegas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Next, uh, ten. Oh, this is my favorite one. If it meant your team would be guaranteed a championship over the next three years, would you stand at the center of Dodger Stadium and sing the national anthem naked? Yes. <laughs> well, I love that. Well, I'll, we'll hook it up. We'll hook it up so we can have that. So we can have that. <laughs> um, um, why are the A's not going to do better in Vegas? I mean, I still think they're at least four to five years away from them even moving to Vegas. And I don't think there's any reason why they will try to make the team any better until they get there. And kind of like what I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like I don't think the fan base is going to get behind them. Like the fan base got behind the Knights because they're born in Vegas and they're not behind the Raiders because they, they're they a transplant. And I know you clearly changed your mind on Barry Bonds. What changed? I, mostly I think it's just age and being a little bit less biased. And like I, I, I've changed my mind and I think that the Baseball Hall of Fame is mostly about showing the history of the best players to play the game. And if Barry Bonds had never done steroids, he would have been a surefire hall of famer, no doubt. And I think if you put him in like Clemens and even like Sosa and McGuire in there, just mention it. You don't necessarily have to call them out directly, but you can just put them in a specific, I've never been in the baseball hall of fame, but put them in a specific area, you know, 1989 to 2005 or whatever you want to, you know, say the steroid era was. And just, we'll just, it's part of baseball history. It's just like how, you know, you can say Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio and all these guys are the best to ever do it. But like, you know, there was no Jackie, there was no Willie Mays, there was no Shohei playing then. So like, it's different eras. I'm, I'm fine with it now. But you would boo him. I love it. Juice room. Oh, I booed Barry Bonds before in person. <laughs> I I doesn't I feel like it doesn't help that both Barry and Roger Clemens are also just kind of assholes. Like yeah. if they seemed like nicer people, it would really help their case. Help. Yeah. They're just kind Absolutely. of sick. So like it doesn't help. Well, that's good. I mean, it, it's good that I guess you've matured in your thought process there. I hope. All right, James, round three, one through twenty-one. Eight. Eight. Um Will in this case, will the San Francisco 49ers win the championship next year? In yes. the Super Bowl, I guess. Next. Uh 14. 
14. Oh, I love that you asked this. Um, is Michael Jordan the best basketball player of all time? No. Next. Uh, 16. 16. Will the NBA expand to have more than 30 teams within the next five years? Yes. Where are we going to expand to? Seattle. Seattle. Are we going to expand anywhere else to balance the teams out? No, somebody else. I mean, no. We're just going to have one for now. We have 31 for a bit. Okay. I like that. In the next five years, I think that's fair. Um, I know what your answer is, but please tell us who the best possible player of all time is for you. Wow. Okay. I don't, (laughs) that's a loaded question, man. Like, I, Michael Jordan's great, but I don't consider him to be the best of all time because there's so many other options out there. I mean, it's, ah, uh, geez. I'm going to go with Wilt. No, I'm going to go with Kareem. Kareem's mine. <laughs> okay. Okay. I like that. Um, and I, I'm not even going to ask you why San Francisco is going to win because, I mean, you could write a whole dissertation, but it's your team. So I, I respect that. Um, okay. You, you triggered the bonus. Um, who is the best quarterback you've ever personally seen play on TV or just in general? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. What is the best thing to eat while watching a football game? A burrito. A burrito. Okay. <laughs> Where would you take the Stanley Cup if you could take it? For, if you had it for a day? Ah, uh, the, the gym. Fuck. The gym. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when, when is it okay to boo your favorite home team at a home game? When they're down by 100 plus and it's an NFL game. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's a, that's a lot. That's a big feat. So you're not, that's saying. Like, you're not booing for anything. I respect that. Um, why is football your favorite sport? Physicality, teamwork, and the ability to react as opposed to running things based off of where you're supposed to be. I, I love that. Um, when we all, you know, we all have our favorites and, and there's a reason why. And there's a reason why we all kind of pick it in within this podcast. Okay. I'm triggering round three. Um, I'm going to be asking, I'll, I'll let you guys pick. And then I want to ask some questions that, uh, you know, haven't been picked if you guys don't pick it. So, um, Alex, why don't you just pick one through 21, see what we've got here. Uh, 15, 15. I, that's one of the one I want to ask. Will Lionel Messi radically change the way we see the MLS and will the MLS grow to compete with other leagues worldwide? Is this, do I have to answer quickly again? Yeah. Oh, no. Next, next one. Oh, uh, four, five. four, five, five are championships. One of the best ways to determine greatness in a player. No. Next and last 20, 20. <laughs> Will Tyler make it through his bachelor party without me- meeting Ralph? No. Are you going to personally make sure of that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, why is Messi not going to change the way we see the MLS and soccer as a, as general in this country. I think if when Beckham came over and played for the galaxy 10, 15 years ago, whenever that was, it already would have happened. And I just, I just think there's too much other sporting events and like esports that, you know, people focus on. And I just, I just don't know if there's enough viewership or care with especially how football and basketball and baseball have really taken over the sporting world and, you know, hockey's getting there. I just like, I just don't see it happening. All righty. Uh, James, why don't you start or, I'm, I'm gonna, or I'll ask you one. if. Uh... Yeah, has... <laughs> All right. Number nine, will Russell Wilson be a top 10 quarterback this upcoming season? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I, I guess I want to ask you, uh, our championships, one of the best ways to determine greatness in a player. No, 
No? Okay. Um, and I think you may have a different answer. Will Messi radically change the way we see the MLS and will it and will it and will he help grow, you know, soccer worldwide for the United States? Yes. Why? Because I think when Alex's answer was the David Beckham thing, but that happened way before social media. It was a big thing. Now that social media is a massive thing, did you like um that wherever he went, I can't remember the Inter Milan, their following went up by four million on Instagram. Like that's that is the messy effect. And he's also bringing in other stars from the Premier League, from all the big leagues. He's bringing them here now, and like the amount of people who are now into that. And he's he has a Michael Jordan esque contract where he gets a percentage of revenue. And if people start to see that, if big soccer names get to see that, and that now becomes a precedent for big names and how good you are. More of them are going to come over to the MLS. More people are going to start watching MLS. More money flows into the MLS, and then MLS is now competitive with big soccer leagues around the world. I like that. I'm going to ask you one more because I really want to ask you this. Uh, would you wear Seattle Seahawk gear every day for a year for a hundred thousand dollars? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a sellout, ladies and gentlemen. He's a fucking sellout. I love it. Okay, moving money, on. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, one through twenty-one. Or actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you if that's okay. Um, will Shohei Otani be a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2024? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, how about you? Would you? Would you? If it meant that the Dodgers would win a championship or the Kings or whomever for the next three years, would you stand at Center Ice or the middle of Los Angeles Dodgers Stadium and sing the national anthem naked? I'm not as confident as Alex in my body, so no. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let me see. Would you wear Giants? Giant? What's your most hated team? Giants. Probably the Giants. Yeah. Would you wear Giants gear once a day for the next year for a hundred thousand dollars? Would. Yeah. <laughs> you sell out, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so would I. So would I. I'm repping that Toronto and Calgary jersey every single freaking day. All right, Tyler, you're the last one to trigger the bonus. Who is the best pitcher you've ever personally seen play? Wayne Kershaw. I could have guessed that. What is the best thing to eat while watching a while watching a baseball game? Dodger dog. <sighs> I need to say that. It's all gonna be Dodgers. Where, where would you take the Stanley Cup if you had it for a day? Stanley <laughs> Cup. Had it for a day. The beach. Oh. Okay. Here, I guess you're with Alex going to the beach. Oh, <laughs> when is it okay? We have a little bro date at the beach with the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> when is it okay to boo your favorite home team at a home game? You're a Mets fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why why is baseball your favorite sport? Oh, that is a loaded question that I don't think we have enough time for. Um I don't know, man. It's just the best game there is. Um everything about it, uh the sound the, the sights, the sounds, the, the the pace of it, everything I love about it, man. It's just it's a all encompassing, unconditional love, and it's taken over my life, but it is what it is. There we go. And that is all for who uh, for uh, yes, no, maybe so. Uh, next week, maybe I'll have different questions or maybe I won't make it sports related. I'll make it something else, which may make it com- completely uh, random. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, back to you, Todd. That was super fun, Shade. Hopefully we get to do that again. Uh, liked a lot. Hit a lot of different topics. Got Hopefully the uh, listeners got to know us a little bit better too. So that was awesome. Enjoyed that. Uh, hope you guys did too. We're going to take a quick break and we got one more segment for you. We got some NBA offseason moves that we're going to go over with Alex.
Welcome back, everybody. We got one more segment for you. We're talking some NBA basketball. The starter for agency started. We got a lot of trades going on. So it's been a frenzy as it usually always is. So we're going to break down just some of the big ones for you. Alex, let's go. Yes. Thank you, Tyler. Um, there's actually two big trades that happened last last week um, that we did not have a chance to discuss because I was hosting. And then, yeah, free agency um, in the M. Means everybody signs in about six hours. So there's a lot going on there, and we do not have time to go over all of them. So we'll get to that point in a little bit. Also, just a note Damian Lillard did officially ask out of Portland and sounds like he's going to Miami. We will talk about that whenever that officially goes down. But so the first big trade, three way trade. Um, so, well, I'm just going to go over what player went where. So, Chris Stops Porzingis is a Boston Celtic via the Wizards. Uh, the number 25 draft pick went um, from the Grizzlies and then another first round draft pick top four protected to be the Warriors. That part doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, reigning, well, not reigning, uh, previous defensive player of the year award winner Marcus Smart goes to Memphis. And then the Wizards received Tyus Jones from the Grizzlies, Danilo Gallinari from the Celtics, Mike Muscala from the Celtics, and then another pick via the Celtics as well. Tyler, I'm going to throw it back to you because as we know, you're a huge Washington Wizards fan. You know everything about them. So, I mean, what do you think of this trade? You know, obviously the Wizards have traded Bradley Beal and Porzingis now over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, the Wizards are obviously in a fire sale, but what do you think, um, you know, about this trade in general? Kind of just your your thoughts. Yeah, in terms of the Wizards, I don't really know what they're doing, man. Uh, I think they're just trying to do the best they can with the small market, you know, um, budget that they work with. They have to try and get as much trade capital as possible. So that's obviously what they're trying to aim for, I think. Um, you know, I think I think it's a great for Boston. I think Porzingis, I think, is going to fit well in Boston. Um, it is a risk, obviously, trading away smart. That's been, you know, a, a huge part of that team's success in in, in recent years. Uh, so there, it's it's a it's certainly a, a risk. Um, for, for Memphis, it feels like they kind of gave up a lot, um, but I guess we'll see how he plugs into to, to, to their system. Obviously, they need a little bit of John Morant insurance, so I'm sure that's that that played a big role into it. Um, so I think overall, I think you know, I think Boston won this one. I think, um, although it does come with like a bit of a risk trading away a player like a player like Marcus Smart, but I feel like it's going to work in Boston's favor here. Okay. Uh, James, I feel like you've been critical of Porzingis in the past, especially when he was on the Mavericks. So how do you think his fit, um, you know, with Boston will work? And then on the, just going to kind of ignore what the wizard received because it's really not important. But now when you think about it too, the Grizzlies have now the two players who've won defensive player of the year and back to back years. So, um, kind of both, both those points. Uh, let's talk about the Porzingis thing first. Um, I'm concerned about his fit in Boston. Because Porzingis is known for his scoring, one, his shot blocking, and his three-point shooting. All of, I mean, the, the two, the first and the third one require the ball in your hands. And the Boston Celtics already have two players who are very good with the ball in their hands. There's only one ball at the court at one time. Pause, by the way, that sounded really suspect. But um, you got Jason Tatum, and then you got Jalen Brown. Those two players are good on ball. Porzingis also likes to have the ball. Where is the offense going to go? Who's going to score 20-plus? Who's going to score 15? Two players can score 20-plus, not three players. That's pretty rare. One of these three players will be very unhappy by the end of the season. And with so, you're going to have chemistry concerns. That's tough. 
man. You have too many scores, too many cooks in the kitchen. You see that with the Rangers in hockey. What happened when they got everybody? They kind of blew up. I think that's what's happening with Boston. It's on paper, it looks great. You got this all amazing scorer, but in reality, you got to figure out, out a way to share the ball. And Jason Tatum's not that kind of dude. So I, I don't even know. I'm I'm concerned with the fit there. Um, in terms of Marcus Smart to Memphis, I, I feel I honestly feel terrible for Marcus Smart, man. He loved Boston. He wanted to retire in Boston. He gave Boston their all, and he gets blindsided with a trade to Memphis of all places. That's tough. That's tough on him. On the flip side, I think it does help out Marcus Smart's productivity. Um, he does be, get to become more of an offensive weapon. In Boston, he was not, because like I said, they already had two offensive scorers. He now gets to be the guy, especially with John Brown for 40 games. Like He's now going to be able to score the ball more often, and he's going to have to grow up. Though. He's got he's to be that leader type. He's got to be the enforcer for this team, especially when the team, as young as it is, is going to mess up. And he's got to be he's got to be the role model now. So he's, he's he has an opportunity to really prove himself offensively and as a role model. And uh, hopefully after this contract is over, he gets to go to where he wants to go. Okay, I like that. So trading Tyler, I think generally kind of likes the fit with Porzingis in Boston. James, not so much. What do you? How do you feel about that? And then, yeah, Marcus Smart going going to Memphis. You know, kind of taking over for the suspended John Morant for at least the first you know bit of the season. Um, for the uh, for the fit for Tingus Pingus, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried about. You know, I, I think I'm more worried about the offensive side. I think the defensive side. I think he actually provides a lot of a lot of protection. Um, you know down low and that's something that i think they kind of uh Celtics kind of lacked at times um that said losing marcus smart within the with within what i think is a little bit of a um uh vulnerable i guess a vulnerable locker room i think is a problem he was kind of a blue guy he's got a, he's kind of an important blue guy to that and he and like james said he he eats slept and bred uh, bre- uh breathed uh uh boston and to ship him out, I think it's gonna. It could cause an issue. Not, not, not that I think the the locker room is gonna completely dismantle. But when that when there's a guy that's that, you know, helpful and dominant in in bringing a group together, that's a big loss. So that alone, I think it, it may not be that Porzingis is just not a right fit. It's just that is not Marcus Smart, and I think that that could be a problem. That said, I think the Grizzlies just just earned their uh, their, their way to fix John Morant potentially. Um, they're He's he, he's gonna go in. The the problem is is to James's point, he's he getting shipped off to to the Grizzlies to be a fucking babysitter is kind of is kind of a is kind of an issue. But I do think that that is the veteran leadership that is needed. He is a team guy. He is a glue guy. He does not going to take bullshit from from uh from from John Morant and John Morant better better uh you know fit, step in line because I I don't think that Marcus Smart's gonna tolerate uh you know the kind of shit that you know, he's that we've all seen, um, within Memphis because he's coming from a group that he helped bring to, you know, bring on a long deep run. And, um, and he's going to be tasked with, with fixing that issue. Um, and, and, and that's why I really like it. I really like it for, uh, for John Rand specifically, I like it for the Memphis Grizzlies, um, and for the wizards. I think that's pretty nice, pretty solid bit of business. I mean, I think Porzingis could have left for nothing and they got something out of him. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty, um, smart move by the Wizards. I think the Wizards are just kind of, um, you know, getting a lot of cap space and they're just doing a full rebuild. So, yeah, I think the Wizards probably should have done this a year ago and tried to yeah. get into the Webinyama sweepstakes. Um, the Wizards just seem like a mess of a franchise. So, hopefully, this is kind of the start of their rebuild. Um, I 
am kind of in between you guys on Porzingis. I think he can fit with that team. I don't like, so last year he, he played 65 games last year, which surprised me. I feel like he just, we just, maybe because he was in Washington, we just never heard about him. Played 65 games, 23.2 points, eight and a half rebounds, two and a half assists and a one and a half block. So if he can be maybe like a 15 to 18 point guy with another, you know, eight, eight boards and two ish assists, I think that's a win. Um, especially with like an aging Al Horford still on that team. I think Porzingis could potentially fit. It, it will obviously his usage will go down with Tatum and Brown. I don't really like the smart to Memphis thing. Like kind of like the chargers. I'm going to need to see John Morant prove it to, to us. Um, like Steven Adams was on that team and he could easily have played and did try to play that, um, you know, veteran get this team in line and it didn't really work. Maybe now that James's favorite player, Dylan Brooks is not there anymore. It won't really matter, but, um, and I don't, I don't think Marcus smart is going to turn into an offensive fire power anytime in the near future or ever. I don't think he really was ever that guy. So I think it's okay. I think Memphis is trying to trying to get better. And obviously like a lot of the West has gotten better with free agency. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, yeah, in Washington, you got some stuff back for someone that was probably going to walk. So good luck. Uh, you signed Kuz to a big deal. So you got him at least, and that's fun. Don't understand why I did that, but that's fine. <laughs> second, <laughs> second big trade. James nailed it. Chris Paul is a Golden State Warrior, and Jordan Poole is a Washington Wizard. We only are talking about the Wizards, apparently. So Chris Paul goes to the Warriors. Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins. Um, and a first round pick and a second round pick go back to, to Washington, uh, trade number throw it right back to you as our resident golden state fan, Chris Paul to the warriors, Jordan pool out thoughts, feelings, what are Kylie's feelings? If you want to speak for her. Yeah. Um, we're not happy. Uh, <laughs> not, not too happy. Uh, Chris Paul, like, look, we, we're not, we're all not huge fans of Chris Paul as it stands. Um, I, I don't know where he fits. I really don't. I don't know how he fits unless he's coming off the bench. Maybe, maybe that, maybe they can make that work. But as it stands now, he's not really helping the the starting lineup that much, uh, in my opinion. Um, and to give up on pool this early is a risk because he could end up being a fantastic player. But as we saw in the playoffs, he's kind of not great. So it, it, it's tough. I, I, what I think you might end up seeing is, is, um, and, and this is my bet is that we probably will see, um, Chris Paul moved, um, either within this, within now, between now and the Fe- in February trade deadline. Uh, I think that they're going to move him out, uh, because I, 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 especially if they just don't perform well, there's no reason to, to keep him. He's a, he's a player that can, that can help some depth, depth player, but at the, or depth team, but at the end of the day, there's one person one fucking player on this team that can run any type that can, that can provide any kind of a consistent offense. And he has no fucking help. And that's, that's what you need to fix. And actually you shipped out um, Jordan Poole, who wasn't great in the playoffs, but he, he eight minutes and he was a, at least quite productive in the regular season. You don't have that now. And to me, I, I just worry about, I just worry about that going down the, down the stretch. Uh, I'm not, we're not very thrilled. We're not really, I don't really understand where he's going to fit, but at the end of the day, he, I mean, he, he's probably an upgrade from pool at the, as a player, but uh, what could pool be? That's, that's what I worry about. Okay. 
James, what do you think about Chris Paul and how he fits with the Warriors? And, you know, is he going to this kind of off the cusp of, uh, you know, is he a starting or is he running that the second unit? I completely disagree with trading and okay. like big time. I, I like the trade from the get go. Like I, when we mentioned it before, I suggested Chris Paul to the Warriors. Reason being is Steph Curry is great, great offensive player, but he is not a point guard. He's a point guard only because of his height. Is he a great passer? Not necessarily. Is he a great ball handler? Yeah, but he commits so many turnovers. And what Chris or what um, Steph Curry's game is, is is running off of screens, getting the ball, and shooting it. He can do that better without the ball in his hand. And what is Chris Paul good at? Passing the ball and running an offense. So what you do, you can insert him in the starting lineup. Put him at the one. You put Steph at the two. Put Clay at the three. You put Dre at the four. You put Looney at the five. That's your starting lineup. Okay, Chris Paul will be the first. Wiggins, Wiggins comes off the bench. Wiggins will come off the bench, which is, I think it, it suits the personality. Wiggins isn't a dominant like let's get it now. He can be the guy like all right, cool, I'll come off the bench. That's fine. And be like, the team could be like, we did you a solid. We, we let you skip out on 40 plus games last year. You can do us a solid and come off the bench. Not that hard. You still get the same paycheck. You will still probably get the same amount of touches, maybe even more now you're coming off the bench. But you allow uh, Clay Thompson, who's slowing down, to sit in the corner and shoot those threes, which he's very good at. Clay Thompson cannot create his own shot anymore. But when you have a Steph Curry running off screens, um, uh, Kevon Looney in the middle getting a rebound, a lot of pick and roll action that can be done with Kevon Looney and also Draymond, that opens up a little driving kick to the three. The percentages of three-pointers will go up because of how open they are and how well this offense will run. I like this move. Okay. So, Tyler, obviously, next to you. Traden slash Kylie, not a fan. James, a fan. Where where do you stand? I actually agree a little more with James on this one. Um, I do think it's a it's a good fit for for Golden State. I think, as James was saying, like you get a veteran point guard that can really run an offense, which is like I said, something the Warriors haven't really had, especially recently. Um, and I think, you know, Jordan Poole, it was it kind of felt like the Warriors were kind of steering away from him. I don't, I just, I don't for whatever reason, it just wasn't a great fit. Um, I do think he's got a great talent and maybe, you know, he turns, he turns the page in uh, Washington and is part of that team, whatever that team's going to be, which will probably be nothing, but you, you never know. Um, I think Washington got some good uh, picks in, in return as well. So that's good for them. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do think that Chris Paul is going to be a good fit for, for the Warriors. Um, I, I, I do think the Warriors did get better with, um, with this trade. So um, I, that's how I see it playing out um, as a positive. Um, I, I understand the, the, apprehension from Warriors fans with Chris Paul. I get it. Uh, you know, it's not like this young rising star that's going to, you know, it's, it's, the, it's not like the, the Kevin Durant thing, right? Where it was just like an automatic, everyone's fucking psyched about it. Like you, you get this superstar in his prime, but he's still a, a great basketball player. Um, so I, I think you guys are going to be happy with it. I'm a little bit more on the trade inside. I do think that it can potentially fit but I think what Jordan Poole really did well was be that guy on their second unit. And like James mentioned, I don't think Andrew Wiggins has that mentality and that's fine. Like not everyone has to be like that dog and that's, and Andrew Wiggins is a very good basketball player. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a little worried about their depth now and the warriors they've so they just signed Draymond to four years, a hundred million or whatever play Steph. Their starting lineup 
it, it not involve Looney. I don't even know how old Looney is off the top of my head. That That's an average of like 36 years old, which is a little worrying in basketball years. Looney's probably 28, 29. She's 27. Okay. okay, so either way, you if, if those are your starting five, Steph, Chris Paul, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Looney, that's an average of 32. 33 maybe doing quick math in my head so i don't i don't know this feels like a oh my god look at like how the lakers got all these old guys and then that did not work and i'm a little worried about the uh chris paul draymond green like attitude that they both have which i you know i hope for for golden state sands like does not happen they've both been known to be tough players to play against and with. So I think, I think the jury's out on this one a little bit. Um, and that's not to say Chris Paul won't miss 50 games with a strained calf or something. So a broken toenail. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of out on it. I understand the warriors wanting to move on from Jordan Poole. I think he will potentially be like a lot of those young Lakers that once they got out of the limelight of now golden state can potentially succeed somewhere. That's not, you know, one of the main hubs of the NBA world. So hopefully for Jordan Poole, he can, you know, he is still young, obviously. Maybe he and Kuz will become this kind of sweet duo in Washington when they lose 53 games a year. Um, Okay, moving on to the last thing. Like I mentioned, the NBA free agency opened uh, like a couple days ago. Everyone signs very quickly. So we are not going to talk about all of them because that's way too long. So we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go winners first. We're gonna be positive. So I want. I want. To, I'm gonna go around. Have the guys pick a a winner at the beginning of free agency. Kind of just tell me why. Um, it could be team or player. I mean, I I did all teams, and then a loser, and also why. Um, Tyler, we'll start with you. I don't know why. Hi. Um, I got I got two winners for me. Um, I think the Heat have done a good job, uh, really kind of setting up getting Damian Lillard. Obviously, it's kind of a. Uh, not a complete winner until they get Dame Lillard. But it kind of sounds like that's where it's going. They were able to offload some some guys and free up some cap space to, to land Lillard. And if and when they do that, I think that they're going to be one of the major winners of this offseason with free agency. I also really like what the Lakers have done. I think that they brought back guys that really fit and worked with for them in, in the second half of the season. Um, and they went and got some more comp- complimentary pieces that I feel like were better than complimentary pieces that they had last year so i think that they got better as well and really kind of push themselves to be hopefully not one of these weird bubble teams like they were last year but an, a legit top four team in the west that has a chance to win a conference championship okay yeah i mean it definitely like i mentioned at the beginning seems like dame has pretty much said miami's where i want to go unless something crazy happens it kind of feels a little bit inevitable so i like those trading what about you who's your who's your winner so far of the free agency <clears throat> Thank you for letting me pick a player. Um, it's my boy, Freddie VanVleet. That boy just just earned a huge uh, three-year, $130 million max contract from the Houston Rockets. Um, look, I, f- for a guy that was undrafted um, and you know got signed into, into Toronto, was a huge part of that Toronto team that won um, uh, a championship. He's going to go to Houston. He's going to be the huge leader that's going to come in and uh, you know produce on, produce on the court usher these young rockets to uh you know into the game and um he's going to play with uh you know that their new coach uh udoka who just who was just last coaching in the nba, NBA finals in 2022 so 
I'm sorry. I think that he just won the won the jackpot. I mean, he's I know he's going to suffer some some losing, but he's going to be a huge part of that um, Houston Rockets team as they uh, as they look to um, you know go back into contention. Okay, trading. Yes, no, maybe so. Did the Houston Rockets make the playoffs during his three year tenure? Absolutely. Three year yes. contract. Yes. Okay. I would say no. <laughs> uh, James, who is your winner so far? The Los Angeles Lakers. I agree with Tyler. Um, they signed, they re-signed Austin Reeves, and that was the big thing. And they re-signed him for a lot less than what he could have signed for anywhere else. Like 54 mil, I think it was. And he could have signed for double that somewhere else. Like he did, they did well signing him. He was a cute part to that team. Rui showed out at, during the playoffs. He's a nice little player. Um, and I think they did bring in some veteran guys who are great role players who are a little bit more proven than the Malik Beasley's. They brought in Tyree Prince. He's a good dude. Like he's pretty quiet. Comes off the bench. will get his job done, but he doesn't mess it up. You never really hear about him because he doesn't go above and beyond, but he also doesn't do terrible. That's not bad. You also get Gabe Vincent who showed out in the NBA playoffs, kind of speed in the finals there. But by all accounts, he's a good player that can definitely replace Dennis Shorter. The only one I don't really like that much is Cam Reddish. Uh, he's just a trash player. I don't know why they picked him up. But for the most part, the Lakers added some depth. There will be injuries that occur over the season. And I think the guys they brought in can kind of pick up some some more of that load than the guys they had before. Yeah, I uh, I do like what the Lakers did. I chose not to talk about them because I had a feeling one of the two of you would. So I went against that. Mine is a little bit under the radar. I went with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they're a team that's on the rise. They picked up, you know, kind of their big guys like Georges Niang and Max Schroes, big shooters that will help get. What do you What are you smiling about over there, James? Uh, Dude, Max Struess screwed me in the finals so hard, so many times. Okay, so James is still a degenerate. That's what we've learned. We <laughs> <laughs> wear Seahawks things for 100K. Anyway, <laughs> I think that just gives Cleveland a little bit more spacing, a little bit more shooting, especially with their kind of like young twin tower situation they got going on. So I think that made Cleveland just slightly, slightly better. James, we're going to throw it right back to you. Who are your losers so far of free agency? Freaking Houston Rockets, man. <laughs> <laughs> Any team that signs Dylan Brooks is on the hate list. Any team that signs Dylan Brooks for 80 million. Why are you in the NBA? This boy could, this boy got 80 million for doing what? being a traffic cone in a drill in the NBA playoffs boy did nothing and made 80 mil the Rockets could have signed him for 5 million I don't like why would you give him 80 mil my issue with the Rockets is that contrary to a trading things they're not close to contending anytime soon I, I agree with Alex like they're in the next three even though they got Udoka as a coach in the next three years they're not going to be a contender they are a bad team that's undisciplined and yet they're spending money they're spending big money on big on these players and they're spending it like they're contenders like i read that fleet don't get me wrong is a great player but you can't be spending 120 mil you can't be spending 80 mil on dylan brooks as a rebuilder you can use that to spread it amongst younger players get a little bit more out of them but to focus on two guys like that it, it, it doesn't make sense to me yeah, they were honestly one of mine too. I don't mind the Fred Van Fleet thing. They had a lot of cap space. And I think they were like, look, we got to go get somebody. We got to make a splash, maybe help bring in 
some other guys. James Harden is still floating out there. Speaking of another person who's demanded another goddamn trade. Dylan Brooks, I think we can all agree that's a lot of money for that. Uh, Brayden, <laughs> who is your your loser so far in the free agency period? Uh, on so the other side, of, on, no, 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 no. <laughs> on the on the other side of 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 the uh, ledger on my on my winner, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Toronto Raptors uh, have they they've already kind of lost their heart and soul, and they, uh, they lost the heart, or they lost the soul, and <laughs> with with Van Fleet, uh, and now they have nothing. There, I I have, I mean, okay, they have Siakam, but. It, Okay, cool. Uh, you lost you, you lost two important uh, players over the last you know few years, and now you replace him with Dennis Schroeder. And no offense to Dennis Schroeder, it is not Van Vliet. Um, and it's and for twenty six million, that seems a little a little high, you know, given his production. I don't know. I, the the Toronto Raptors are sorry, man. I can kind of understand that the Raptors sort of feel like a play in, maybe maybe squeak a play often but don't feel like they're they're going one direction or the other uh tyler who is your loser so far oh with the chicago bulls um just because i feel like they're a team that you know is a definition of just mediocrity the last ever since mj left really uh their team that seems like once they finally start to get some momentum going they just stop spending money they stop going to get guys and then they just fall back and out of contention again and it, 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 it's annoying to watch. As a Bulls fan, I would be extremely frustrated with how this organization is run. They haven't done anything this offseason. Um, they're probably going to be really bad again. Um, and it's like I said, it, it seems like every like few years or so, they're like, oh, like the Bulls are in contention. They're, and, and usually they make the playoffs every every once in a while, but they never really go far. And it's like, what happened? How, why can't you build off that? And they, and they continue to fail at that in the offseason from their front office perspective. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Chicago Bulls as a loser so far. I can see that. I know they I know they re-signed Vukovic and you know he's a good player. And you know, I like if you look at the Bulls when Lonzo is healthy, they're really good. And when he's not healthy, they're not good. And we talked about this a couple of months ago. He's probably out for the season. I think they're doing some sort of tax something or other to like he still gets paid, but it doesn't go against the salary. I don't know. It's really confusing, but so maybe they have something else coming, but they also, I think, are very much on the same, uh, you know, same version of the Raptors is they just feel like a basic ham and cheese sandwich. Like put some fucking mustard on there, some lettuce and tomato, like a goddamn pickle, like do something like make it just a little bit better. So I feel that. OK, so my loser was one was the Houston Rockets. My other one, not that they're going to be bad and not that they're like a losing team at all, but it's the Nuggets. So if you look at what they've done, they lost Bruce Brown, who was one of their best off the bench guys, Jeff Green. And I know Thomas Bryant did not play much, but he is a very good depth piece to have in case something happens to Jokic. And now, you know, they're coming in with their starting five is coming back, which is great, but the depth has fallen off. And I think we're seeing teams like Phoenix, like the Warriors, potentially like the Lakers get better, even whatever we want to say about Memphis. So I'm just like, I wanted the Nuggets to kind of continue pushing and not get complacent. So I'm a little worried, a little worried about them Nuggies. Uh, but Tyler, that's it. We will, we'll see what happens with some other trades or games next week. Who knows? All right. We love it. And that's going to wrap up episode 155 of TLDR podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on and listening. Uh, please share it with your friends, family, anyone who thinks will, will like the podcast. You always appreciate 
those shares and spreading our podcast to everyone around the world. It's uh, always fun to watch this uh, thing grow. Uh, but yeah, we got the bachelor party this this weekend, boys. Uh, looking forward to it. We'll we'll recap the whole week that was, and who knows what's going to happen if Ralph will be there or not. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. And uh, for all you guys listening, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Hope you have an awesome, safe Fourth of July holiday, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.